Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 74 O God, why do you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation which you acquired long ago, which you redeemed to be the tribe of your heritage. Remember Mount Zion, where you came to dwell. Direct your steps to the perpetual ruins. The enemy has destroyed everything in the sanctuary. Your foes have roared within your holy place. They set up their emblems there. At the upper entrance, they hacked the wooden trellis with axes, and then, with hatchets and hammers, they smashed all its carved work. They set your sanctuary on fire. They desecrated the dwelling place of your name, bringing it to the ground. They said to themselves, We will utterly subdue them. They burned all the meeting places of God in the land. We do not see our emblems. There is no longer any prophet, and there is no one among us who knows how long. How long, O God, is the foe to scoff? Is the enemy to revile your name forever? Why do you hold back your hand? Why do you keep your hand in your bosom? Yet God, my King, is from of old, working salvation in the earth. You divided the sea by your might. You broke the heads of the dragons in the waters. You crushed the heads of Leviathan. You gave him as food for the creatures of the wilderness. You cut openings for springs and torrents. You dried up ever-flowing streams. Yours is the day, yours also the night. You established the luminaries in the sun. You have fixed all the bounds of the earth. You made summer and winter. Remember this, O Lord, how the enemy scoffs, and an impious people reviles your name. Do not deliver the soul of your dove to the wild animals. Do not forget the life of your poor forever. Have regard for your covenant for the dark places of the land that are full of the haunts of violence. Do not let the downtrodden be put to shame. Let the poor and needy praise your name. Rise up, O God. Plead your cause. Remember how the impious scoff at you all day long. Do not forget the clamor of your foes, the uproar of your adversaries that goes up continually. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 14 through 23. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. And Saul's servants said to him, See now, an evil spirit from God is tormented, tormenting you. Let our Lord now command the servants who attend you to look for someone who is skillful in playing the lyre. And when the evil, of, evil spirit from God is upon you, he will play it, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his servants, Provide for me someone who can play well and bring him to me. One of the young men answered, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a warrior, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence, and the Lord is with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a kid, and sent them by his son David to Saul. And David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. 
Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David remain in my service, for he has found favor in my sight. And whenever the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand, and Saul would be relieved and feel better, and the evil spirit would depart from him. Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and threw him into the pit and locked and sealed it over him, so that he would deceive the nations no more until the thousand years were ended. After that he must be let out for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and those seated on them were given authority to judge. I also saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony to Jesus and for the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image, and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. Good morning and welcome to the second Monday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Frederick, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 74, 1 Samuel 16, and Revelation 20. And this you know, the, the first Samuel reading has this kind of disturbing uh, image of this evil spirit from God that is sent uh, to torment Saul. Um, and it's hard to interpret. Um, as a military member, I think of the the second half of the reading when David is hired on to Saul's service and what it means to serve someone uh, for the greater good and for and despite uh, the troubles and hardship that that service might entail. Saul famously later tries to kill David and you know it's it's really odd and conflicted relationship but it's it's caused at least in part by this evil spirit that God has sent according to uh, the text. Um, and it's, it makes me think of the, of Exodus when Pharaoh's heart is hardened, either by Pharaoh's own doing or by God's doing, that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And it's alarming because we don't like to think that God is capable of tormenting us, of sending evil spirits and hardening our hearts um, make and you know one thing that I wonder is like well what makes Saul Saul you know if he's kind of cantankerous like is that because of this evil spirit or is um, is he really that way and the evil spirit is just kind of you know a thorn in his side and you know just like Pharaoh like uh, his heart is hardened um, but it's not entirely from his own doing does that mean uh, that he's not at fault? For everything he's done, or should we, you know, is that um, to make us feel less sorry for him and to identify or humanize uh, him less? Um, I'm not entirely sure, um, but this reading from Revelation 
um, seems to be uh, connected in, uh, you know, by this evil spirit, by the, um, the ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan. Um, and, and kind of, you know, extra biblical text, um, Lucifer was once, you know, the, the angel who was called Satan, which just means the accuser, um, that he was once a regular angel. He succumbs to pride and he falls and takes a third of the heavenly host with him. Um, in the Bible, it does say that he was the morning star and he fell, um, but that's about it. And there's these extra biblical kind of embellishments that give us this sense that uh, he was once a regular angel and he um, did all these other things, but he was a, a spirit of of God. Um, and it makes it it makes me wonder if this evil spirit that that um, God sends to Saul was something like uh, a devil or a fallen angel or spirit, because we know that God does this. Um, God did this to Job. Um, he tormented Job, or he allowed this evil spirit to torment Job um, and take everything that he had. And the bitter reality is that God allowed it because God knew what was in Job's heart, and he knew that he could take it. Um, and, you know, the whole story of Job is just kind of, it's hard to swallow, um, because if you think if you're good, then God will leave you alone. Um, but time and again, we see that that's not the case, um, that God sends evil spirits um, to you know the, the good and the evil alike. Um, Pharaoh and Saul each received an evil spirit. Job received an evil, evil spirit. Um, and even in the, um, you know, in the early church and, and in Acts and you could argue in the Gospels as well, but um, believers have been subject to torture and oppression and violence, um, which makes you wonder, you know, if if these are God's people, why is this happening? Um, and so God, uh, we have this uh, idea in our head that, um, and it's not global, I think it's particularly a Western thing, that if we work hard, we'll and we are faithful that good things will come to us. There's a whole, you know, movement around like whatever it's called, this, this spirit, no, secret, positive thinking and all that shit. Um, and the truth is much more complicated than that. The saints um, are, uh, are persecuted um, and they're persecuted to show God's works in the world. Um, if you are a good person and you're faithful, and we, we understand that God will use us, sometimes that use um, is not uh, something we would wish upon ourselves. I think of not just the martyrs, but even more recently, who, well, they're also martyrs, like the, uh, uh, the tip of the spear folks, you know, people who ask to be used by God, and it turns out that that request is answered through or with suffering. Um, and so we... The idea that if we're good people, God won't send these things, or if we, or if we're bad people, um, is is just not. It doesn't play out in the biblical text. Um, if you are a good person, God wants to use you, and God will use you to show other people who God is and what God is capable of, and whether that's raising you from the dead or 
protecting you from the, uh, you know, the fiery furnace, as in Daniel's case, um, being chosen by God and being a, a devout, faithful person includes some hardship. Um, and in this area of the text, it's people we don't like who receive hardship, um, but that you know, it's, we shouldn't look down our noses at others and think, oh, well, God's leaving us alone, so we must be doing something right. No. If God's leaving you alone, you're lukewarm, and God doesn't want anything to do with you because you're, you're vanilla. You're boring. Um, but, um, and I wanted to return to David because um, not only is this when he's called into, um, you know, a kind of military service, kind of, um, he's not ordering society, but he is at the service of the king. Um, he also, uh, you know, he was both, uh, you know, uh, he was and remains a man after God's heart, but that isn't, you know, a promise of prosperity and happiness and fulfillment. He makes mistakes and God torments him. He repents and he and God are on, you know, good terms again. Um, likewise with the military, like there's, um, you know, I, people always think when there's like a mass shooting, you know, was a guy in military, and the question is, well, what, what did the military do to contribute to whatever it is this person is capable of? And the truth is, the military is what we make it. Um, the military is a human institution that's capable of all the good and bad that we ourselves are capable of. Um, you know, even in the military, evil spirits are sent to to people. Um, to soldiers, um, and they're tormented, both the good and the bad. Um, and so military service, I think, in in too many circles in America, it's either seen as all bad or all good. You know, But the problem is it's not homogenous. It's what we make it. Um, and that's partly who and what we are and what we do. That's partly our, our circumstances and, and God's activity within our circumstances. Um uh, so it's, I know it's it's not encouraging that even though we might be pious and devout, that we might be visited upon by evil spirits. Um, but it's true, we might be, um, we might be tormented, um, and it might be because God knows that we are capable of those kinds of tests and trials, um, and uh, that isn't, or hopefully that doesn't, you know inspire us to harden our own hearts and to give up on God and say, well, if I'm not getting something I want, then, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of this. We've lost sight of what it means to serve God and to be a part of God's family if we think that all that we get is puppies and sunshine. Um, our, you know, our history and our scripture do not reveal that to be the case. Um, if we, even if we are the best people, uh, the most pious and, and upright and, um, you know, exemplary Christians, we will still face trials and we still might be, um, you know, visited upon by evil. And it may be that um, God is allowing that to happen. Um, and so it's, I don't mean to imply that it's, you know, every, you know everything's meaningless, but the meaning that we can take from our suffering um, in the military, out of the military, in war, out of war, um, the meaning is some, we've, 
we've lost track of how to locate that meaning. Um, we've, you know, come to believe that there's this weird, you know, one-to-one ratio that if I do good, I will get good. And that's simply not true. It's never been true. Um, and so we need to get that kind of thinking out and open our hearts and minds to the fact that sometimes the suffering that we um, encounter um, may be because we're good people. Um, and it may be, um, and it may not be. I think each each you know incident or moment like this is uh, you know is its own moment that has to be interpreted in light of what's going on and what God is doing in our lives, rather than how we feel about what we are encountering and experiencing, um, because God is is bigger and better and wider than um, the you know the individual moments that we inhabit. A prayer in times of conflict from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, you have bound us together in a common life. Help us in the midst of our struggles for justice and truth to confront one another without hatred or bitterness and to work together with mutual forbearance and respect. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.